um, in a weird way, you almost don't see any other path sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when I started Vim and Vigor, I saw another path and I was just saying, okay, wow, I've been in, 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 ingrained in my mind to continue like achieving all these things, yet there's other path in which I can quit all that and just start my own venture completely. Hello and welcome to A New Angle. I'm your host, Justin Angle, Associate Professor of Marketing at the University of Montana College of Business. This podcast is my chance to speak with cool people doing awesome things in and around Missoula, Montana. We're interested in creativity and hustle, and the people we'll speak with here exude both of those in spades. Buckle up and let's go. Hello and welcome back to A New Angle. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, Today was really fun. I, I had the chance to sit down with two people. Steph Sample and Michelle Huey, two women in the business community here in Missoula, Montana, that are just shaking things up in a big way. Michelle is the founder and principal owner of Vim and Vigor. They make fashionable compression socks. We're going to talk about that business. But on top of that, she is the director of marketing of Submittable, a pretty impressive tech startup here in Missoula as well. And then Steph Sample, man, man, I could fill out an entire episode with all the many things she does. She's an entrepreneur on so many levels, owns a a variety of restaurant chains. She owns a couple of massage envies, maybe more than a couple, and a military logistics company. And one of the things she also does is she's a coach. She is an executive coach and uses this uh, rewire platform. So has a deep understanding of how our brains are wired, the psychology associated with change and our resistance to change. And so today was a fun episode because it gave me the chance to sort of dig into this notion of coaching. Uh, Michelle is a coaching client of Steph's, and she was kind enough and had the courage to sort of bring her story um, to us today. It was super fun to dig into. Uh, Just the fact that we were able to schedule this thing was amazing. And these two women have so many things going on that it was just amazing that the planets aligned and we were able to do it. So I thank them immensely for their time, for their insights, and for the lessons that uh, hopefully come out to you in our conversation today. Uh, I had a great talk with Steph and uh, Michelle, and let's turn it over to them. Thanks a lot. Okay, so we're here today with Michelle Huey and Steph Sample. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So it would take an entire episode for us to just simply list the many, many, many things both of you are involved in. Um, But today we're going to focus on, so Steph, you are a professional coach. Yeah. Coach entrepreneurs, executives, CEOs, uh, through Rewire is your platform. Is that correct? Okay, and we're going to dig more into that. And you coach Michelle and her various enterprises, mm-hmm. including Vim and Vigor and Submittable, yep. and probably some others that I don't even know about. I don't even know about them. Right. <laughs> so before we get into it, just want to hear, uh, we'll start with, with you, Steph. So tell us a little bit about Rewire. I mean, you do a ton of things if you want to talk mm-hmm. about those other things too, but I figure for this talk, we sort of get into the weeds of your coaching and this Rewire platform and what you do for them and 
anyway, this is where I sort of say, start talking. You sound mm-hmm. smart. Great. Yeah, absolutely. So Rewire is a coaching and people development company. And we're all about changing people's actions by changing the way they think. So we're rooted in neuroscience and our approach to everything through our workshops to our one-on-one coaching and then everything in between. I got into Rewire and started coaching more just because I was so fortunate as an entrepreneur myself to always have amazing mentors and people working with me to help me along the way. Mm-hmm. So it's always been really important to me to kind of give that back to the world. Okay. And you are in many ways a serial entrepreneur. I mean, how, how many businesses mm-hmm. are you in at this point? That's right. So me and my husband, we're in 12 different businesses that we own wow. from Massage Envy, Taco Bell, military logistics to customer service software, and then also private investors into other companies in Montana. Okay. And so, and you have time to give back as a coach as well. Pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, it sounds amazing, but really it's, it feels like it's what makes me tick and keeps me motivated and engaged. So I would say it's a really important part of my week. Excellent. And so Michelle, tell us a little bit about Vim and Vigor and Submittable. So Vim and Vigor is a stylish compression sock company we launched about four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past year, we went from eight employees to 19 employees. So there's definitely been some significant growth um, yeah. for us. And we have about a thousand retail locations nationwide. We're also in um, some international markets, too. And so it's been doing really well. You guys have been getting some huge press. I mean, I saw you on QVC. It was a Good Morning America the view, as well. Good Morning America, Forbes. We were on, we were on the homepage of CNN, which Fantastic. is huge. Yeah. And it's cool when you have um, you know people just going on CNN normally and say, I think those are Vim and Vigor socks, and then texting me and emailing. Um, we're also in the Delta magazine that you get on flights. Oh, fantastic. So we've had on the hot list. I've been trying to get on the list for four years since we launched and we finally got on in the December. That's a great edition. placement too. Excellent Perfect. placement yeah. and in December during the holidays, which is great. And so launching a new venture startup, mm-hmm. that's probably time consuming in and of itself. Yeah. And then you decide, I'm going to take a job as <laughs> yes. a full-time job on top of that director of marketing at yeah. Submittable. So for Submittable, I work kind of part-time, like oh, half okay. the time at Submittable. Yeah. Um, when I met Steph, I was actually doing full-time pharmaceuticals and I think marketing analytics in a pharmaceutical company, mm-hmm. um, as well as Women Vigor. And since then, and luckily Steph has been in my life to help kind of coach me through the transition, I quit my full-time job and have focused my time on Women Vigor and Submittable. Okay. And Submittable's an amazing tech company right here in Missoula. They have a fantastic submission management platform. Um, there's over 10,000 clients, over 2 million people submitted utilizing the submittable platform. Um, we have about 50 employees there and the marketing team is killing it and growing. And so yeah. that's what I've been doing is working with Michael Fitzgerald and, and Bruce and John, who are the co-founders to really help take submittable to the next level. We just got $5 million in VC funding over the summer um, to really help with the sales and marketing. Excellent. And yeah. for folks who haven't heard of Submittable, you've probably filled out a form. <laughs> probably. You may not have known it, exactly. but you did. Exactly. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about just how this coaching relationship came to be. That is a good question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Like, how did it come to be? Um, you know, actually, a professor at the university, Mike Braun, mm-hmm. you know, uh, connected Michelle and I a few years ago. Mm-hmm. He was kind of like, I don't know how you two don't know each other yet <laughs> right. because you're going to love each other. Right. Well, you're either going to love each other or hate each other because right. you're so similar. Maybe the former happened. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So 
we met, we were both so busy at the time though. So we kind of kept in contact, but not really. Sure. Um, and then I went and got trained through Neural Leadership Institute mm -hmm. on coaching and wanted to do it more. And I actually asked Michelle to be one of my first clients because I knew I wanted to serve startups in Montana. And she just seemed to embody that really well. Yeah. And yeah. she was in a perfect spot where... It was the right time for her. So what exactly is a perfect spot? I mean, it was one of those things in which I was going through a transitional time okay. professionally and just mm -hmm. trying to figure out what I wanted to do. That's you know? when you left that full time. I still had that. Oh, and okay. I was looking at how I can transition out of it. And it, yeah. it's hard, you know, when you kind of grow up in this kind of corporate America world, start an entrepreneurial venture and you know, you're so comfortable and accustomed to that. And then having straddling both um, spheres of entrepreneurship and then the kind of the corporate growth. Um, and Steph really helped me walk through that. It would be easy for someone like Michelle to get so caught up in the yeah. corporate culture too, because, you know, someone as talented as her, yeah. they just kept promoting. Right. right. So, achieving. Yeah. yeah. And it's one of those things when you're in your 20s and you graduate from college and went to business school, you know, you, you're kind of entrained in your in your mind. Okay, you're going to you want to do this by this age and you kind of keep climbing the corporate ladder. And when you um, in a weird way, you almost don't see any other path sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when I started Women Vigor, I saw another path and I was just saying, okay, wow, I've been in, 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 ingrained in my mind to continue like achieving all these things. Yet there's other path in which I can quit all that and just start my own venture completely. So at the heart of that is big change. And I know big change. looking at what Rewire does, yes. based on the psychology that we are, we have many mechanisms in our brain that make us resistant to change. Totally. Right. Yeah. So how does Rewire sort of, and you, Steph, approach making change happen? Yeah. So Rewire um, is all about what we call the lizard brain. So it's the right. oldest part of our brain that is that fight or flight and it hates change and it, it prevents so many of us every day from not doing things that seem outside of our comfort zone. Um, and so we approach it kind of head on and identifying it and looking for those areas in our lives where we're going to naturally be resistant to change. And what's so fascinating about the brain is even being able to identify that that, that is what's going on. Mm -hmm. that you're being resistant to change because of your most primal brain, that alone, how our brains work, is a step to being able to change. Right. So just having a spot where you can think through what's going on in your life and having someone be able to identify the areas where you're just being resistant to change mm -hmm. um, really helps people come out of that. Mm -hmm. It sounds almost meditative in a way. Oh, yeah. It's very therapeutic, yeah. you know, I, I would say, because mm -hmm. it, you know, I think a big thing about entrepreneurship, it's an, an, an emotional journey um, and having somebody kind of there to help kind of coach you and guide you through all of it. With, and a lot of it, it's within yourself, right? You're dealing with fear. You're dealing with uncertainty. You're dealing with having a full team of people. And what does that mean? Um, mm -hmm. You know, and how do you navigate that emotionally? Right. And it yeah. would seem that I mean, we can get into this stuff in terms of what makes for an ideal coaching client or coaching relate partner. Mm -hmm. um, but it would seem it would start from a place of pretty deep humility. Mm -hmm. Michelle, for you to being so successful and having achieved at every step along the way, from an outsider's perspective, like mm -hmm. why, on earth, why on earth would you need a coach? So mm -hmm. to 
maybe you can talk a little bit more about that. I mean, you, you got to a point yeah. in your life where you said you needed some change, but you know, how do you open yourself up to that? I, I think that having a mentality and you're always trying to be better and improve. I think when you're in a work situation, especially in an um, entrepreneurial environment, it really pushes you to that to that brink and you kind of just learn a lot about yourself. And that's one thing even at Vim and Vigor and at Submittable of people who I work with, I really push them to think about there's like a mentality of you first have to work on yourself before Mm -hmm. you can work on the team, before you can work on the company. Yeah. And so you you can't just jump to working on the, improving the company, improving the team, if you don't understand and start working on yourself. Um, and so that's kind of a mentality that I've really started to embrace. I think I've embraced it even more with things that I've read and working with staff. And it's something that I'm really pushing with my team to just how can we be better? Um, and so that's kind of the thought process. And that team has grown pretty rapidly. Yeah, and the then and, and that's been a huge transition. And that's one thing that I've been working with Steph with is, you know, I've had people with me for four years. How do I help them be okay with where we're going? Right. How do I help them help maintain what the entrepreneurial spirit that we have, even in the light of all the growth? And again, it's like that humility of understanding how am I dealing with it and how do I empathize with people going through the same process. Okay. So, Steph, what does that look like for, from your perspective? You know, Michelle's got mm-hmm. all these balls in the air, however you want to describe it, whatever analogy you want to use. How do you, how do you sort of find your way in to, to guide that thinking? Yeah, well, it starts with, like Michelle was saying, that when you have a person that is hungry for growth and change, they are that ideal client you were talking about. Yeah. That's really all you need to look for in having a great client is someone that is, wants to go from wherever it is they are currently to somewhere else. Someplace different. Yep, exactly. And it doesn't matter who they are, how brilliant they are. As long as they want to grow, they could use assistance. And when you jump in and try to help someone like Michelle, like so many, we have amazing entrepreneurs here in town that I get to work with. Um, Navigating that with them is a really interesting process because I operate as a coach under the belief that Michelle already has everything it takes to get to where she wants to go. So I'm not coming in as a consultant and telling her how to get from A to B. Mm -hmm. I'm just there to facilitate her own thought process with the belief that I think she's already capable. All she needs is a space to kind of plan that out. And then the other thing I think where it really helps is I think so many entrepreneurs quit because they feel so alone and like they're the Mm. only ones experiencing whatever problem it is that day or that week or that moment. And so when you could come in as a coach and let them know like, yep, I've been there. This is what it was like. Or an entrepreneur yourself. Exactly. Yep. As an entrepreneur, our own companies. Um, it feels less lonely. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's this amazing eye-opening experience to be like, um, you know, that I know for an entrepreneur, a memory that sticks out for me that I talk, get to talk to a lot of clients about is that first time an employee quits just because they really didn't like working for you. Uh, yeah. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a horrible oh, moment. It feels terrible. awful and it feels lonely and you don't want to talk about it and you don't mm-hmm. want to tell your friends. So to have a space where you could just talk openly about that, right. talk about maybe why they didn't like you, mm-hmm. um, it's powerful. And the the foundation of those great relationships and the ability to support people is um, confidentiality. Like okay. my relationships with my clients are 
completely confidential. I totally believe in them. It's based on trust. And when you have a relationship like that, um, so you it don't, you really don't helps. Take, you don't take every client on a podcast and... <laughs> no, it feels really scary to take a client on a podcast. Yeah. Right. Michelle signed all her hit <laughs> Yeah, right. And all that. I would definitely agree with that. And one of my one of my mentors when I first started my business, we were kind of talking about the process of entrepreneurship. And I said, Oh, you know, the highs the highs are pretty high and the lows are pretty low. And he's like, No, the highs are really high and the lows are really lonely. Mm. And when I heard that, especially early on, I kind of got it, but I was so just getting started that I wasn't thinking in that way. And as I kind of progressed with the company, I totally understood what he meant, that the highs are really high and the lows are really lonely. Yeah. And I think what Steph is talking about does make sense because and given her experience as an entrepreneur, she's able to not only kind of help me navigate through things, but without telling me what to do. I mean, one thing I appreciate about Steph is she doesn't say you should do this, this, and this. She kind of helps steer me in, in helping me realize certain things. Okay. Um, and it's been really helpful having that level of guidance and, and not feeling as lonely. It's like, okay, other people feel this way. This is normal. Um, and it's something that you can't really, and I can't go to my, my partner and you know share all this stuff with him all the time, right? Mm -hmm. It's not healthy for our relationship. Yeah for me to constantly dump all these things um, onto him. And obviously I can't ever talk to my, my team about how I'm feeling. You know, you have to kind of maintain that, that level of focus for them. And sure. um, having this outside space um, is really great. And I'm very open that I have a coach. And I think the fact that I do tell them that, they know that I'm always trying to help you know, grow myself. And that's a really good sign too, that if I'm asking them to grow, I can't ask them to do something that I'm not doing myself. Sure. And that has to be very, I would think as, as a junior employee, that has to be inspirational to know that, that the person leading the organization mm -hmm. is, is, is trying to become better herself. Yeah. It's a pretty powerful message. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So can we get into maybe an example of like something you guys workshopped? Is that violating confidentiality, but in some sort of a, so you say you want to change in general. So we've talked about it, you've made a couple different sort of big picture career changes, but there has to have been something in yeah, the figure where I, you're I, like, I, we got to make a decision to go on QVC or not, or, you know, maybe it was strategic, maybe it was tactical. I would probably say my move to submittable. Yeah, That's that seems like thinking. a big deal. Yeah, yeah quitting, quitting your pharmaceutical job was... Yeah. That is a big decision. And I think I met with staff, like, I think once a week during that time. Did a lot pretty frequently. <laughs> and yeah. phone calls. And phone calls. I'm like, staff, this is this is what I'm thinking. It's huge. And it's, you know, what do you think? And we we work through the kind of the pros and the cons and, and the possibilities mm. of that decision. Um, and she helped, really helped me through that thought process. I think that was a, probably the uh, in the past year that we've been working together, mm -hmm. the biggest life changer professionally and, and personally that I that Steph helped me navigate. Right. And that's one of those that you usually talk with your spouse a lot about, mm -hmm. right? And your spouse, um, they just want what's best for you. That's sure. right. Yeah, exactly. We always go to them for advice, but they really just care about you. It's always like, you're the best and your employer is clearly wrong. Right, right, right. <laughs> if you have the right spouse, like right. your spouse, you yeah. know, ideally. Yeah, so to have a third party that, like my sole focus is to support Michelle and to help her. 
make her decisions. I don't, you know, I'm not reliant on her income or her job or her career trajectory. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm just there to support her. So I can ask her questions without an agenda just Mm -hmm. to help her figure out like, well, what is important to me? Where do I see myself in 10 years? Does this help me get there? You know, is this exciting to me? Mm -hmm. What am I going to learn out of it? How Mm -hmm. can I leverage Mm -hmm. this learning opportunity into other entrepreneurial ventures, even Vim and Vigor? Um, And that's, you know, one thing we we talked about. And it's actually played out in that way. And um, being at Submittable, my background has been in healthcare, but getting the tech experience and being able to utilize what what we do in tech into Vim and Vigor and what I do at Vim and Vigor back to Submittables has been a really... Uh, nice energy. Yeah, and it says something about submittable as well, culturally, mm-hmm. that they're open to. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But then again, there's a lot of upside for them. Again, great talent, <laughs> or whether it's full-time or part-time. Right. Yeah. So, Michelle, we met, I think, in 2012 or 13, mm-hmm. probably 13, and you were just getting started with yeah. Vim Vigor, and I think you, you might have brought on I think it was Michelle Powers back then. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. A long time ago. That was so long ago. But in the last year, you've gone from, remind me, the numbers of people. Eight eight people to 20 people. Eight to 20. Mm -hmm. So that has to have huge implications for just the complexity Mm -hmm. of your job. Going from an entrepreneur pushing a project of passion to now you're a leader Mm -hmm. of a significant number of people that are looking you sort of believing in this venture to provide right. a livelihood. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a huge transition. You know, a lot of people who have been in Vigor are the same people who have been with me for the past couple of years. And it's hard because you go from everybody doing a little of everything, because that's just how it has to happen, yeah. to actually getting more deeper in terms of focus on what you do and actually having departments. Mm. You know, we went from everyone kind of doing everything. I mean, I Anne, who was my head of sales, was doing customer service and going to trade shows and entering orders. And Ann Wiltsey, another person, early person, was doing the same thing. And now we have uh, departments of operations, account management, fulfillment, sales, marketing, yeah. accounting. And we have people underneath each of those with more specific functions. I think that's been really nice because it's it's like narrowed down what people are doing. But I think at the same time, it's been kind of hard because people miss being part of different parts of the process that they're no longer as involved in. And it's, you know, and and Steph and I have talked about, like, how do I help them work through um, this level of change? And that's been difficult. Yeah, as you get more specific in your role, you see less of the big picture. You maybe mm-hmm. less less time with you, and, right. less time and with so, other colleagues. Mm-hmm. And so we've had to create more structure around how do we make sure we kind of communicate with the entire company so they know the vision. Um, yeah. And because you, you have to, right before when you're so small, it just organically happens. Mm-hmm. Now you actually have to create structure around how you communicate that. Um, which is a huge, huge difference. And sometimes I realize, and even this year, things were just happening and I realized too late, you know, meaning, you know, people felt maybe disconnected and I had to have those conversations of like, oh, I'm missing this. I didn't think about doing this ahead of time. I, I So some of the things that I've been doing, especially this year, have been more reactionary yeah. to this growth and change than I want it to be. And I'm looking forward to working with Steph to figure out how do I become more proactive with this in the upcoming year. Yeah, it would seem like, you know, you're in, in, in the 20 person space, that's complicated. But then when you go from 20 to 100, right, you know, that has a lot of big change. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. so are, are these things that are on your radar screen as you're sort of 
thinking about Michelle's trajectory and how you're going to add sure. value to her role? Yeah. Well, I think they come up more organically and it's through relatable experiences. You know, 10 years ago, um, we had seven Taco Bells. Today, we have eight Taco Bells, two massage MVs, our military logistics and customer service software. So we've navigated that. We um, hopefully I could teach Michelle a lot of what not Mm -hmm. to do. Yeah. Um, Because I I learned, you know, we learned very quickly what not to do and that it is really challenging. We have just in the last couple years, a hundred more employees in our own company. So we're at 370 employees and how do you effectively communicate with them? And, you know, and Michelle's really good at this, at realizing that different people like communication in different ways. Mm-hmm. That's really challenging with a company our size. With all your different mm-hmm. business lines too. That's right. going to be really complicated. Yeah. And each of our businesses have such a different culture. So learning how to communicate based on the people you're managing, like the way I manage Massage MB, the way therapists are valued is very different than the way... Um, our CFO here in the building feels valued. Um, Mm -hmm. Michelle's in a great spot. She's so intentional about it at such an er early stage in our company at 19 employees to be thinking about this already means Mm -hmm. that her future success will just be so dialed in. Yeah. And I think one thing Steph and I talked about from a coaching standpoint, you know, I'm just sharing some of our coaching findings with, with everybody who's listening is, you know, how a lot of times people, have a certain way in which they like to be motivated, sure. you know, and, and one thing we think about, some people love accolades, you know, some people love it when you, you kind of give them gifts. Some people like it when other people like do things for them, mm-hmm. acts of service. And so they always assume that so if I like that, if I like to receive gifts or I love verbal confirmation or affirmation, that that's, I'm, I'm assuming other people like that as well, but it's not true. And so there's a natural tendency and this is human behavior. And I think anyone listening to this, think about your own, what you love. You yeah. do you love kind of the verbal affirmation. Do you love when people give you gifts? Um, all that. And then not assuming that other people receive or are motivated in the same way. And that's been a really intentional thing that you have to think about um, because assumptions made that it's just, oh, this is what I like. I'm sure they like it too. And that you may be missing the mark and not speaking their language at all. And so developing that understanding t- takes a lot of time. It it's does. It's a big time investment. It does. So it, the world for both of you is there's a lot of demands on your time. How mm-hmm. do you... You're talking about acting intentionally. How do you create the time in your work life mm-hmm. for that level of understanding of the people you work with? Yeah. I mean, I would think for me, it's, it's having people that you trust. You know, um, I'm really been focusing, especially the past three months, on doing a lot less of the day to day and working more on people and culture. And so that's a, 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 like, luckily I have staff, you know, and she's going to help me through that. You don't know this yet. This is what we fo- <laughs> my big focus for 2018 sure. <laughs> um, that we're going to be talking a lot about. But um, it, and now that I have that te- people in place where I'm not doing every single thing and trying to think of that um, and just allows me to focus on people and culture, allows me to, you know, create more of an environment that allows for understanding people better. Right. It's also a great example of why a coach is so valuable. 
we all get so stuck in the weeds just doing the day-to-day tasks mm-hmm. of our companies, um, you know, getting through the emails, getting the checklist done, submitting the thing you're already late on, mm-hmm. that when you go and meet with a coach, it's it's a bigger vision than down in the weeds. So it's this safe place to like pull yourself out of your company, look down on it from above and see these things, mm-hmm. you know, that you would miss otherwise, culture things, people things. Yeah. Because if you're just stuck like on the hamster wheel doing all the tasks, you're never going to think about, well, how does that employee want to feel valued? Because mm-hmm. you're too busy right. pounding through emails. Right. So how do we get this? I guess I'm thinking of it from my perspective as a, as a, as a college professor. So, you know, how, how would you advise me to get this message across to students? I mean, because they spend so much time in the classroom focused on knowledge and skills and learning the next thing that's going to allow them to get a job. And how do they, you know, if you could look back on your time in school, what would you have wanted to do or have your experience be like to get some of this intentionality or perspective that you're, you're talking about? I I think for, for me, um, you know, I have nieces and nephews who are all college age. Uh Um, it's actually exposure to people and different different types of personalities. Yeah. I think there is so much to learn about. And, and I have actually some people on my team who say, I've learned so much more about myself, you know, because you're not choosing the people you work with all the time. Mm-hmm. When you're at home, you're choosing your partner that you're with, you know, that you, that you have a choice. But when you're at work, you are, you're kind of forced in a way to interact with all these different types of people, different personalities, what makes them tick, all that, all of that stuff gets wrapped up into one. And when you're really passionate about the company, it's even more elevated. And so if I were to give any type of advice, and I actually just told my niece this um, yesterday because she's trying to get an internship, all this stuff, I said, just get a job. Get a job when you're exposed to a lot of different people, you have different types of people, you know, different personality types, and learn how you interact with these people. The only way you're going to know is by doing it. So yeah. so much you can learn in a classroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, I was, I've been thinking a lot about this, actually, because it, I, I was just reading a study um, that actually Paul Gladen from the University in the Blacks mm-hmm. and Launchpad sent me about, uh, I think it was in Africa, and they took this, um, they did this study on people where they taught some of the people actual entrepreneur skills, and then they gave the other people a coach Hmm. to work on soft skills, mostly and have support. And the people with a coach actually did better than the ones that learned hard skills. Mm -hmm. And, And I've read the studies, but now I get it more and more, especially as I coach, that your soft skills, your ability to build great relationships to listen to people, to read people and react to them, that gets you jobs. That makes mm-hmm. you successful in this world. Like when I was a student, I would I would de- definitely not have considered myself the smartest person in the room ever. Um, and if I would have based what my future was going to look like on that, I mm-hmm. would have not thought I am where I am now owning companies but knowledge can be learned over time. You get to keep learning. You know, I didn't graduate from college knowing how to read financials, sure. but now I could read them really well. Yeah. But those ability to communicate with people is really what, what forges your path in the world. Mm-hmm. And so not devaluing that relationship aspect of our world is really important. Mm-hmm. It would seem like a big part of that and a theme with this whole 
coaching dynamic we talked about a little bit before. It takes humility. But one thing I think about a lot with students is how to deliver actionable feedback. Mm -hmm. But just by virtue of having a coaching relationship, you have to be in a place with yourself where you are accepting of feedback, constructive feedback, critical feedback. That's a skill that I think not many people uh, have. So how, how do we cultivate that? I mean, that has to be part of your approach, too, to sort of feel people's level of acceptance to critical feedback out. Yeah, that's really interesting because it's actually one of the skills that I teach and that I talk to people about. When I'm working with entrepreneurs, I'm, I'm usually teaching them this skill on um, communicating with their employees. Mm-hmm. But feedback, even the word of it, trigger triggers like it's, a negative reaction yeah. even as you say it i was like oh god feedback. well i mean where's it? it's like this, <laughs> a term from like when the stereo has feedback right it's right. very negative yeah. bad, it's bad. bad it's true yeah and so um i think feedback will always be hard but one thing that does go really well and i think is really useful for young people to think about is i use this method where um it could be a one-on-one after something happened when something went wrong where you say what went really well and let them talk and what will you do different next time? That essentially right there is feedback, but in the most positive way, our brains are are wired to react negatively to Mm -hmm. feedback. But if you just facilitate someone else processing their own experience, they're going to learn something from that and be able to run with it. So, um, I think just the ability to reflect Mm-hmm. is how young people can continue to improve. Mm-hmm. I, I think from um, a work standpoint, a Vimin Vigor, and actually, and that's minimal too, we just implemented this, is making feedback um, and development a normal part of the vernacular. Yeah. I think yeah. if you, it, it removes the stigma of feedback uh, mm-hmm. or the idea of that. And so we, I've implemented kind of kind of core competencies and a full development plan that yeah. happens twice a year with everybody at Vim and Vigor and on my submittable team. And I think it's really amazing. So I've already I implemented this a couple months ago at Vim and Vigor. I just implemented this last week at Submittable. And I had one woman um, who's on my team who's fantastic. She's like, this was a very cathartic experience for me, you know, <laughs> asking them to rate themselves and how they're doing and on these various core competences. And we talked about it. So it's really driven by her on how she sees herself. And then I kind of come about it and, well, how can I help you improve it? How about this? How about that? And so it becomes that partnership. Yeah. And I think if you treat um, people and their development not as like a dictatorship, um, this is what you're not doing well and mm-hmm. you need to work on this, but kind of a self-realization and then a partnership for how to improve. It's just, it makes you feel again, less lonely about all the things you want to work on for yourself. You're not by yourself trying to work on this. You have somebody on your team who wants you to be better. And so that's been, been really fun, I think for people. And a big part of that, it would seem would be objectives. Oh yeah. Lining out agreed upon objectives. And so that's something we haven't talked about yet. Can you maybe talk about how, what's the process of, setting objectives and and revisiting them and Mm -hmm. clicking them off the list if appropriate. One of the things I do with my clients is we set three focus areas. I don't like to call them goals. They're more broader areas that have a lot of room for growth within their company or within their personal life or or whatever it might be. And um, 
one of the processes I really believe in is you set that focus area, you define in a measurable way where you're trying to get. But then the next step that is a little different from normal is setting the milestones you think you're going to achieve. So I'm always looking for about five different milestones you think you'll hit on your way to achieving that goal or objective. And then we spend our time in the sessions just trying to achieve that next milestone, trying to kind of chunk it down to this like very achievable next step instead of getting too focused on this like lofty goal that might then feel unachievable. Too abstract. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you always hear that you can't improve things you don't measure, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that really holds true not only in financials and numbers, but even in one's development. You know, you look at it, you measure it, you set those milestones, see how far you've achieved it. And that's how you really reach your end goal. Yeah. And so in the system you have just, you, you've had a Vim and Vigor and you're implementing it at Submittable. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming objectives are a big part of that. Mm-hmm. And really sort of uh, in, intentional in, yeah. in your words with, with your team yeah. and, and, and codifying. Yeah. This. And one other thing that I always ask, you know, after I meet with everybody in my team to get back to the, the coaching part of things and feedback is I put it back on myself. I always ask them, what do you need from me? Yeah. You know, what am I, what am I not like providing you to help for you to reach your goals? Right. And I think kind of have coming full circle um, is great. And then from an objective standpoint, absolutely. We have mm-hmm. objectives all along the way. We actually right now are working on, I call it strategic planning yep. um, for both Vim and Vigor and Submittable for our, our team. Um, you know, in the past, when it's a small team, it was more me creating it and saying, okay, here, guys. But now that I actually have teams, I'm actually having people come up with their priority areas and their action plans. We roll it up. We all present it to each other. And then we kind of roll it up into one comprehensive, cohesive plan that we have for the upcoming two years. Um, and we also set milestones for that, too. And that has to do... Uh... It has to do a lot to sort of bring the team back. Yeah, and, it, and and it's, it's grassroots, right? Like they're actually stating what they're going to be doing, yeah. um, which is really nice. And there's a lot of kind of cooperation and collaboration amongst different departments to allow from that. Yeah. Okay. And I also, I really like personal KPIs. When, um, key with, performance indicators. Yeah, key performance indicators. Sorry. Um, well, one, I now have key performance indicators of my coaching clients. It's like, okay, here's our area. How are we going to measure that? And then they report on it every two weeks when okay. we meet. Accountability. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, but I like personal KPIs for myself, for my employees. And letting employees and people pick their own KPIs um, comes back to understanding what's important to people and how you can make them feel rewarded. Yeah. As if I, you, if I send you off, Justin, to go set your own KPIs, what you come back with as the things you want to measure on how you're successful or not tells me so much mm-hmm. about what you value. Sure. And if I can find a way to be good with what yours are, if I could say, those aren't exactly what I would have set for you, Justin, but they're going to move the company forward. It will probably go further for me to get on board with yours mm-hmm. than for you to try to execute the ones I want you to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Man, you just blew my mind a little bit. I don't know. What are your KPIs? That's what winter break's for. I know, yeah. right? Think deeply about that. Catch yeah. up on sleep and KPIs. That's Perhaps. right. Perhaps. Egg not yeah. too. Yeah. Um, so this has been fantastic. I mean, to get uh, thank you both for sort of yeah. opening up your coaching relationship and sharing your wisdom and process. 
with the listeners, with me, um, just is very enlightening. And it's just, it's inspiring to see sort of one, the approach he takes, Steph, but also Michelle, the, the sort of, like we said before, the humility it takes for, for somebody who's had a lot of success to, to open uh, herself up to that. So as we close, there's a question I like to ask, and that is, if you could recommend one book to somebody close to you, what would it be? Michelle, let's start with you. I think my favorite book, I just finished reading this, is Start With Why. It just really talks about how stating what you want is not as effective as when people understand the intent. Mm. And always, and, I, and I've been trying to really do this in my everyday life, not only professionally and personally, is you know, talking about things, but kind of in the why aspect. Of, yeah. And it's, in a weird way, it's kind of storytelling. And I think that I want, I, I want to try to be a better storyteller. Yeah, it's really easy to get into the what. In the, the what. The hard part is getting into, into the why. why. Yeah. And it, it, put, it forces me to think more critically about things as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Steph, how about you? Well, to piggyback on Michelle's recent book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, um, while the title sounds hilarious and it's a joke, The book is actually really fascinating and just this idea of how so much of our world is made up of what other people think or caring too much about that and just releasing ourselves from that and doing our own thing. Awesome. Well, I can't thank you both enough. Uh, We didn't even talk about this piece of it. Both of you are just huge supporters of what we're doing at the University of Montana and the College of Business. We greatly appreciate that. But thanks for uh, sharing your story. And uh, I hope we can catch up again, maybe That's individually, good. about all the things you're doing. But uh, fantastic. Thanks for, thanks for the time. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for the opportunity. It was great. Thanks for listening to A New Angle. We really appreciate it. Remember that A New Angle was brought to you by CED, Consolidated Electrical Distributors. They're our first sponsor, and we can't thank them enough. CED is one of the largest electrical supply companies in the country with nearly 600 locations. CED is a privately owned business-to-business company that distributes just about every piece of equipment to keep your lights on, your energy flowing, and your lifestyle comfortable. CED is also an important employer in our community, and they have a keen interest in University of Montana graduates. To explore career opportunities, check out www.cedcareers.com. Coming up next week, we have Jeremy Sauter, marketing executive at Paramount Pictures. Jeremy is a master storyteller, and he's a tremendous part of the UM family. He serves on the board of trustees of the University of Montana Foundation and is a great supporter of many things we do here. Moving forward, if you have any suggestions for guests, cool people doing awesome things, please let us know. And if you enjoy this podcast, there are several ways you can support it please rate us on iTunes. Ratings help others find the podcast. Second, just write a review. The more reviews we get, and hopefully positive ones, the more we can grow the show. And finally, please just tell your friends about it. In addition, you can also support A New Angle financially. For information on sponsorship opportunities, please visit our website, www.business.umt.edu. There you will also find a link to support the pod. Before we go, I'd like to thank a few folks for making this project happen. First, my colleagues here at the College of Business for supporting this endeavor. In particular, Professor Josh Herbold for writing and recording original music for the show. We also have music provided by Switchback Records, a student-run record label here at the college. I'd also like to thank Elizabeth Willey, recent University of Montana graduate Michelle DeFluke, and the entire comms team here at the College of Business. 
And finally, thanks to my producer, Stefan Borson. As we close, if you have any questions, suggestions, comments, insults, whatever, please email me at anewangle at umontana.edu. Help us spread the word and be sure to use the hashtag anewangle when you do. Thanks a lot and see you next time.